Haiti, known for excruciating poverty, devastating earthquakes, and a troubled history. Located in the Caribbean, about 400 miles east of Cuba, sharing the island of Hispaniola with the Dominican Republic, there you'll find this nation that must wear the unfortunate label of being the poorest country in the Americas. But as my guest today reminds us, life's most meaningful blessings aren't material. So I hope you'll stick around today as we get to know Rihanna Pfaff, family mission, and their heart for the resilient, strong, positive people of Haiti as they work together to alleviate poverty, get kids in school, and keep families together. Out there, on the edge of adventure. This is where adventure meets purpose, where we get to know those who live life beyond status quo. My name is Adam Asher, and this is the Edge of Adventure podcast. Rihanna Pfaff of Family Mission. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Great to see you. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for all you do. It's great to have you here on the Edge of Adventure. And we want to get to know Family Mission, a very unique mission that works in Haiti. Tell us the overview of what you guys are doing and what the focus or the heart of this mission is. Yeah, so our main mission is to alleviate poverty and to provide families with opportunities in order to keep them together. So one of the main things that we noticed as we got into Haiti was that a lot of families were separated and we just felt like families are better together and we decided to work to achieve that. That was one of the first things that I did notice about Family Mission is that your heart, your objective, your goal is to keep the families together. And obviously there's a time and a place for orphanages, but where did this heart come from, this desire, and how can you guys do this and, and keep the families together so you don't get to a point where a child ends up in an orphanage per se? Right. So the very, very first time we ever went to Haiti, we actually spent time at an orphanage. I was teaching English. And one of the things that happened in our month there was family day. And it was so bizarre to us to see because we just assumed all of these kids didn't have parents that they did. All these parents came to spend the day with their families all together. They had siblings joining them, aunts, uncles, and um, most surprisingly were their biological parents. And we learned through this day that most of these parents love and cherish their children. They simply couldn't afford maybe the education in particular, because that tends to be prohibitive costs for these families, and therefore put their children in an orphanage in hopes for a better life for them. And we just felt like something about that just didn't seem 100% the way God would want it. What is life like in Haiti? Put it into perspective. Life is hard in Haiti, for sure. Very poor nation. I think everybody knows it as the poorest nation in the Western Hemisphere. And, you know, you've got 10 shacks or pretty modest concrete homes. Uh, extreme poverty, really. 
but also immense beauty. So you've got both the poverty uh, forefront with this gorgeous sunset and beaches and things like that too. So one of the things that I discovered as I was researching and digging a little deeper into family mission, and you can look them up at the letter P familymission.org, by the way, you don't really like to think or, and, and certainly don't like to convey this idea that because a person is poor, they are not blessed. So I think prior to Haiti, you know, we would think, I have a nice home, I have a nice car, my kids have a good education, we're blessed. And after Haiti, I feel differently about that. And I think our family as a whole feels very differently about that, that saying that sort of cheapens God a little because the blessings that he gives us aren't materialistic. It's our life, what we do with our life, the community that we spend our life in. So I feel like that's one of the things we really do try to convey in our messaging is um, that we're not blessed because of material things, but we're blessed because of our love for one another and the life that we're given to do something with. My guest today is Rihanna Pfaff of Family Mission. You can look them up online at pfamilymission.org. But now those of you who are listening to the audio version of the podcast or you're listening to this on the radio, you must note that there is the letter P in front of the word family. So it's the letter P, the word familymission.org. And Rihanna, I'm guessing that must come or must be related somehow to the Pfaff family. <laughs> Because that is your last name, Faf, and it's also spelled with a silent P. It is. My husband was a turned musician, and uh, when he came off the road, we put it on the calendar as Faf Family Fun Day, and all the Fs had Ps in front, so we thought it would be funny, but it might be a little bit confusing for those who don't know it very well. It's branding, and (laughs) once you remember that, you'll never forget it. That's the advantage. All right, let's get back to Haiti. What do you love about Haiti? Why are you in love with this country and the people of this country? There is just something phenomenal about the communities in Haiti. And it's the people, but it's also just the atmosphere as a whole. Although I think your first landing in Haiti, you might not feel that way because there's a different smell and there's different visuals than maybe what you're used to in the States, you know, trash in some places and smoke and things like this that you might not be used to, but there's magical waterfalls and the beaches are just so beautiful and the pristine mountaintops. It's just really phenomenal. And then the people there are just so amazing, very strong, um, very loving and incredibly generous. They have taught me so much about generosity and uh, I'm just so grateful for the time that we had living there and also the time we still get to spend there. How long did you live there? Almost five years. Tell me a little bit about the procedure, a little bit about the initiative, about the expectations. How does this work? How are you helping the kids and the families? And how can people perhaps in the U.S. or in other Western nations come alongside you guys and get involved? Awesome question. The primary work that we do is with our education initiative. And um, because going to school in Haiti is not free, we like to provide sponsorships for kids to go to school. But we have a process for that. Um, Our families have 
to go through an interview process. There's a commitment level that has to take place. There's grade levels that have to be achieved and behavior levels that have to be achieved. Um, so we do have expectations because we have so many people just waiting for a slot in our program. And alongside of this, you know, we make sure that our kids are doing well in every way. So for example, when COVID hit, we gave our sponsors the opportunity to provide water purification packages and some basic first aid kits. And we also provided instructions in Creole for how to properly sanitize and things like this. Creole? Do you speak Creole? <laughs> yes, I do. Was that easy? How long did it take you to learn? I mean, you did live there for five years, which should yes. give you an opportunity, but did you find it difficult to learn? Is it a barrier? It's a francophone language. So I spoke French fluently in college. And so I thought that it would be really simple for me, but I think the French actually got in my way. Now, granted, I didn't speak French fluently anymore by the time we moved, but you know, you have all those old memories that keep flooding back. And so you think it's going to be correct. And then you didn't say the right thing at all. But luckily we spent so much time around people who would laugh at us, but also correct us and um, help us to get it correct the next time. So it took probably about a year before I felt comfortable in conversational Creole. And I would say by the end, I felt very fluent. I can read, write, speak Creole. Now we've lived in the States again for almost two years. So luckily I use my Creole on a daily basis. <laughs> it's not completely gone, but it's probably not as good as it was when I lived there having to speak it all day long every day. How did you feel like the people reacted? Now, you spoke a little bit about this. They would kind of laugh or whatever and help yeah. you and correct your um, your grammar or the words or the vocabulary. Yeah. But let's talk to people who are thinking about going and serving potentially in Haiti or in some other mm -hmm. country. And yet there's the language barrier. Different people learn the language different ways. But yeah. I mean, should a person hold back and not go based on the language barrier or, you know, maybe they give it a shot, see how it goes. And what do you think the people are like when you're you're the one learning the language, you're living in their culture, yeah. you're learning their language, do they receive you pretty well? Yes, what I found was that, yeah, of course, you know, there's a giggle when you get something wrong, um, but there's always the appreciation for the attempt. And so I think that if you're gonna go, learn a couple things that you can, you know, bonjour is hello and, you know, all kinds of fun, you can ask, how are you doing? Little things like that, they go a long way just to show that you are trying to make an effort to be in their country, in their culture. And I think that that's really important, especially on a mission trip. Rihanna, what took you and your family to Haiti the first time? It's kind of a long story, so I'll try to keep it brief. We were considering adoption at the time and everything just kind of kept pointing to Haiti. And then there was an opportunity to do a food packing event for Haiti. And that kind of led down this path of Haiti, Haiti. <laughs> and um, it was through that food packing event that I actually learned about this orphanage um, where a lot of the food was going to go that needed an English teacher. And for the first time in, gosh, I don't know how long, my husband had a month off of the road and... We were homeschooling already, so we just kind of decided to do something different and take this plunge to leave the country for a month. And we fell in love when we were there. We just didn't want to leave. <laughs> then you managed to go back and spend five years serving how? So we, our first trip was in March. We took a second trip in November of that same year, October, November, and we moved in January the following year. 
and we went um, just not really with a huge plan. It's probably not the best way to do things, but our family tends to be leap first, look later. Within the first year, you know, we moved into our house in Haiti and developed our education initiative and kind of phased back our work with the orphanage and more into our community where we moved to start. We wanted to know our neighbors. We wanted to know what their needs were. And we wanted to be part of the community and see what we can do to help bring justice where there was none. Tell me about your family. You have quite a few kids, I think. Yes. (laughs) Yes, we do. We have two foster sons and our two biological daughters. Our guest today is Rihanna Pfaff from Family Mission. You can find out more information online at familymission.org, familymission.org. Again, family, in this case, has a silent letter P in front of it. So P, familymission.org. You can find out more about their heart and what they're doing. And I want to shift now and talk about what your goal is not I think you make it clear in some of the material that you have that your goal is not to change the culture. Talk to me about that. What are you trying to not do and what are you trying to do? I think one of the most important things that we learned along the way was not to Americanize things because Haiti is Haiti and Haitians are Haitian. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, We're just two different countries, two different cultures. And I think that that's something we probably made some mistakes in early on was feeling like we needed to Americanize things when really we just needed to meet the people and understand their way of life and the history in their culture. And obviously we're American, we'll never 100% understand it, but we feel like we opened ourselves up to really hearing um, what the people in our community had to say and how they felt. Um, So I think that's something that I think everybody should consider that um, just as going into a new country is keeping your mind open to another culture and another way of life and not necessarily Americanizing things. Rihanna, tell me about the importance of speaking positively when perhaps there are some negative things that could be said about a person or a situation, but you think that we have to be careful with negativity. Talk to me about that. I do. I feel like when we're speaking about people in crisis, or people who are struggling, I try to put myself in their shoes. So I think, would I want this photo of me shared? Would I want this story about me shared? And would I want it shared in this way? Or how would I want someone to talk about me or my kids? And I think that that changes how we speak about things when we really put ourselves in that situation. So, you know, for example, my neighbor in Haiti lost her baby one day and she came to my gate for comfort. And I hugged her and I talked to her and I let her cry on my shoulder and I cried with her. And then we paid for her hospital bills and all these things. However, never in that moment did I think I should get a picture of this. I do think sometimes, especially as a small nonprofit, you know, we share these things because we know that it'll pull at heartstrings and bring in the donations that help us do the work that we do. But I've just never been able to do that. I, and there's nothing wrong with that if, if that's how you feel or if you, that's how your community does things. I'm 
there's no judgment from me. I just personally, our family has chosen to just put ourselves in that position. And would I want these things or this photo said about me or my family? And that's how we've, we've opted to do things. Keeping that in mind, you have shared with me a few photos that I have your permission and you have their permission to share. I have their permission. Yes. Okay. <laughs> let's take a look at, let's take a look at some of those. Tell me what we're looking at in this picture here. These are my neighbor's kids and um, they had just gotten new backpacks for school this day. This is early on, actually, um, our very first year in the education initiative. That's my husband in the checkered hat, Gary. And uh, that's his Bible study. All teenage boys and 20 something guys. Actually, I really love to tell about this Bible study because Gary is a very real dude. You know, tattoos, he's in the music industry. So there's um, kind of a realness, I think, about him that maybe some of the older missionaries in our community would not have had um, with these boys. And so they felt really comfortable being like, okay, Mr. Gary, you're telling me voodoo is bad, but this dude walked on water, you know, like, help me figure this out. And they had these really frank and real conversations about doubt and fear and being a man of God in today's world. And I really am very proud of both my husband and all of these guys. Some of these guys actually continued the Bible study with younger kids. This is The Edge of Adventure. My name is Adam Asher. My guest today is Rihanna Pfaff. She's joining us from the Family Mission. And if you're listening to this on the audio version of the podcast or the radio show, obviously there's no video, so you're missing these pictures. But she's describing just on a handful of pictures that she's provided here. We have a few more that we're going to go through. And if you're you know, listening to the audio version, you can pop over to YouTube, theedgeofadventure.com, or Facebook or some of the other social media platforms. Beautiful pictures here, as you mentioned. I mean, there's there's a contrast between the physical beauty, but also mm -hmm. there's poverty, okay? And th that's an issue, and that certainly causes suffering. Tell me about the picture we're looking at here. Beautiful blue sky, clouds, and where is this? This is actually in the community that we serve in. This is a little area of it called Cineas. And these guys are playing soccer. I actually posted a short video of this on Instagram just yesterday, I think. And so you can watch the guys playing soccer, or as they say in Haiti, football. But um, this was taken on a community day. We have, occasionally we do these community days, set up speakers and music and bring food for the whole community and just hang out. Parents, kids, play games, worship. Tell me about this picture here. We have two people in this picture. Who do we have here? This is me, obviously, on the left. And then one of the mamas of our school kids. Actually, every year we interview the families. It used to be me doing it, but um, I have a program director in Haiti named Nadia, and she does it now. What's the interview? What are you? What kind of information are you looking for in the process? So one of the things that we like to do is have like kind of a full picture of this family's life. So we want to know, is there a mom and a dad in the picture or just one? How many people are living in the home? How many times a day are you eating? Um, what are your expectations for your kids as far as chores around the house, as far as the grades that they receive in school? How are you going to support them in doing well in school? It's, it's pretty comprehensive. <laughs> it's about two pages, actually, of questions, which we sit down and go through because some of our parents are not literate. What does the family receive if it's a family that is deemed a good fit for your organization? 
So the family themselves never receives money in hand. We have a school that we work directly with um, to enroll the kids. So the parents have to go directly to the school and get the kids enrolled. And the school has a list of the children that are within our program. And then we do check-ins about every other month. Every family's checked in with by the time two months rolls around. Although some of our kids actually do get backpacks. Um, if their sponsor chooses to provide a backpack and they didn't receive one the year before, then we would provide a backpack. And we actually switch that to now we use a Haitian manufacturer in Haiti that uses, well, they're called Sashtalo. It's like a little plastic bag of water and you can buy them really cheap on the street to, you know, drink or wash your face. And they actually use those and compress them to make a fabric that makes this great sturdy waterproof backpack. So it's great because it helps Haitian business also and the trash on the street. <laughs> Shifting out another picture here on the edge of adventure with my guest today, Rihanna Pfaff from Family Mission. Here's a picture of, of you, Rihanna, mm -hmm. and Tell me about this child here. I see just a lot of love represented in this photo. She's so sweet. We also interview the children so that we know what do they want to be when they grow up? What are their dreams and their favorite colors and all these things? And also, this is fun information that we can share with their sponsor. There's a, a setup of stations, I guess. There's a parent interview and a child interview, and then they have their photograph taken. And if they want a family portrait, we actually do family portraits for them as well and print them and give them because many, many families in Haiti don't have a picture of themselves. So we like to do that as a gift. Another picture and another adorable child. Uh, clearly, this must be, still be a part of the interview process. Yeah, this and is all an interview day. Do you remember this child here? I see personality written all over her. She is spunky. I wish <laughs> I had a. I wish I had a per information so I could tell you what she wanted to be when she grows up, but I think it was something really fun, like a fashion designer or something. She was just so full. That's the coolest thing I think about this is we really get to know these kids and you no longer see them as just a poor child. You know, they have all this personality. They're just like your own kids. They have big hopes and big dreams and they're just, they're so fun, full of life. And there's an opportunity then if you're the sponsor, let's say you're stateside or perhaps in some other country, but you're the person, you're the family giving to be supportive of that child and that family. Mm -hmm. You have the opportunity then to also develop, I don't know if a relationship's the right word, but do, do they know who their sponsor is? So I don't actually put photos of the kids who need a sponsor up on our website. You just have the opportunity to go and sponsor and then we'll match you with a kid. Or if you have a preference, like boy, girl, whatever, you can email me and I'll, I'll match you with one of those or an age or something, you know, grade level. Sometimes parents have a kid in third grade, they want to sponsor another third grader. So we can obviously do that. And then once you're matched, you will get a photo of your child with some basic information. Then you'll get updates on your kid about every quarter. And of course, as the school year begins and ends and any kind of things that come in along the way, for example, COVID this year, we gave sponsors the opportunity to send those things. And also we do allow letters to be written. Yeah, you can develop a relationship with your kid and get to know them and their hopes and dreams and what they do for fun and all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. What does the next 12 months look like for you guys? What are your hopes? I know we've all had some challenges recently that we've had these challenges in common, given just the situation in the yeah. world today. 
But what are you guys looking for for the next 12 months? And what other than financial support, what other ways could somebody really help you guys? Right now, I'm trying to find sponsors for 30 kids. <laughs> so it's the first time we've ever had so many without a sponsor. So that's like my number one priority in the next month, really. Then in the next 12 months, it's we are adding in programs for parents. We actually just started a couple weeks ago. We did our very first parent class on sustainability. It was three weeks long um, where a partner organization came in and taught classes on environmental care. And they did a big community cleanup day. And then they learned about composting and growing food in containers because most of our families don't have land um, so that they could all have nourishing foods at home. So that is a huge thing that we're looking forward to expanding on. We're actually going to be adding in a caregiver, like a spiritual caregiving course, and also a health and nutrition course and like a home first aid. And I'm hoping adult literacy is after that. We really, really are praying for that. And then I have this sort of big, hairy, audacious goal of starting our own school in Haiti. I think it would be really cool to have our own school in which we did things just a little bit differently, you know, where we taught these things that our parents are about to start learning in the classroom, because unfortunately, a lot of those things aren't already taught in Haitian schools, you know, having a no means no class and a, you know, health and sex education class, and really just having all these sort of unique fringe, I guess, classes that would be part of our curriculum. That's just sort of a random goal that I have, but who knows? God can do anything. <laughs> Rihanna Pfaff from Family Mission joining us today. Look them up at familymission.org. And again, don't forget, there's a silent P in front of the word family. So the letter P, familymission.org. For more information about this wonderful organization. Rihanna? Why does any of this even matter to you? There's so much love that I, you know, I can feel the love that you have for, for these kids and these families. Where did that come from? And I mean, honestly, you could be doing a lot of other things, right? Why do you even care? Well, I think my faith, first and foremost, is one of the, the reasons that this started. God says to take care of the widow and the orphan and the sick and the elderly. And that became a pretty big part of the reason behind our first trip. And then after that, I think that God just really said, hey, this is a bigger purpose in your life. And I love being a mom. I love homeschooling my kids. I love all kinds of fun things, but this has brought purpose for me. And also, it's just changed my heart dramatically. Um, I think that I used to just feel so much differently. And now I feel like my heart has just grown three times, maybe bigger. Um, and I, it's changed my perspective on so many things. It's changed my kids' perspective and opened their eyes to new things. So it's, I guess that sounds really selfish, but... I think that's true, right? When we go on a mission trip, it's it ends up really being more about us than than the people we go to serve. But um, I just feel like this is a grand purpose in my life. And I've grown to love this community so much. They are family to me. They are my neighbors. They're my friends. And um, I just can't imagine knowing that one of these people that I love is hungry or about to put their kid in an orphanage because they can't send them to school. 
I wouldn't be able to sleep at night, I don't think. <laughs> Rihanna, you may be aware that here on the Edge of Adventure, the two words or the two themes or concepts that I always go back to and kind of what I've built this platform on is the search for adventure and purpose. And you've just talked about the purpose and you've yeah. said that very well. And I think you speak on behalf of so many of us who are, we want our lives to matter. We do. Yeah. We want our lives to matter. We want to know that we're living not just for the status quo. There's got to be something more than that. Yeah. There's got to be, there's got to be. And it seems like you have, have found that the purpose side. Let me ask you this though. I think it would be a shame if I didn't is living in Haiti, traveling to Haiti, taking care and loving on these families and these kids. Is there a sense of adventure to all of that? There's definitely adventure. <laughs> I could tell you some stories. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we've had all kinds of adventure. We've had a house fire and we've been shot at. And well, my husband has. Um, we've had a shooting outside of our home. We've been locked inside our four walls because of manifestations. I mean, there's not always fun adventure. You know, those are not fun adventures. And then there's the fun adventures of exploring the beach or hiking to a waterfall or hiking up in the mountains. And um, so, yeah, there's a ton of adventure involved. And it's always exciting because you don't know what's around the corner. <laughs> Rihanna, thank you so much for joining me today. I want to wrap things up here with a couple final questions. Okay. okay. What does the audience, those who are listening on the radio, the audio podcast, the video podcast, right? All these people that are taking this in, there's something about this conversation that kept them interested. What do these people need to know about the people of Haiti? The people of Haiti are resilient. I think that's number one important for people to know. I think that Haiti gets a bad rap because it's always, you know, it's like one disaster after another. But Haiti's people are resilient and they're strong and they want to be able to do all of this on their own. It's not their fault that they have so much poverty or corruption or all of those things. I think that's so important. Just like a little bit of a hand up goes a really long way and it can change the trajectory of a family. Rihanna Pfaff from Family Mission. All right, let me pull up a couple of uh, bits of information onto the screen one more time. Familymission.org. If you're looking at it on the screen, you see it there. Family Mission with that silent P in front of the word family, familymission.org. You can also look them up on social media, Instagram, Facebook, so on and so forth at P Family Mission. And there it is on the screen. Again, don't forget that silent P, right? This is this is their trademark. This is their <laughs> trademark. And they're doing great things. And we had the opportunity today to meet and get to know Rihanna Pfaff. And again, as I mentioned a minute ago, I'm struck by just the the joy and the love that you have for these people. And yeah. I think it's very clear that you love what you're doing. So let's yeah. wrap it up with just an invitation. People watching, getting involved. I'm sure you could use their help. You've already mentioned it. You've got a couple of different projects, some big projects, some big dreams for, for the next 12 months, but then also some urgent needs. What's your, your invitation today to the audience? How can they help? I think my greatest, not mine, but our community's greatest need right now is sponsors for, we have 30 kids without sponsors. So if you have it on your heart to sponsor a kid, you can go to familymission.org forward slash sponsor. 
Another way you can help financially is to join the honor roll. It's our fun name for our monthly donors. So just by giving $25 a month or more, um, you join the honor roll and we'll offer some fun stories like behind the scenes that maybe our everyday viewer or follower on Instagram or whatever would not get to see. And of course, pray, pray for Haiti, pray for the work that we're doing and the community we're serving. And of course, pray for how God moves your heart to help if not our organization, another maybe that does something that speaks to you. Well, thank you so much, Rihanna Pfaff from yep. the Family Mission. Look them up online at pfamilymission.org. Uh, Rihanna is the founder and director of this organization, doing a wonderful job, clearly loves the people of Haiti so very much. And I'm thankful for you, thankful for this opportunity to get to know you and also to share your story today. So we'll have to have you come back on the show in the, in the future to tell us more about the great things that you guys are doing. Thank you so much. My name is Adam Asher, and you've been listening to the Edge of Adventure podcast. To learn more, log on to theedgeofadventure.com. And while you're there, check out the video series where we go off the grid to discover some of the great things people are doing all around the globe to make the world a better place. I call it my search for adventure and purpose. You'll find us on social media too. Just look for the hashtag, The Edge of Adventure. Thanks for joining us. Always great to have you with us as together we aim to live life for something bigger than ourselves. This is The Edge of Adventure where we go beyond status quo. Mm-hmm.